Well, about a year ago, we did a series called The Miraculous, and I taught a message that was very impactful to our church family. Some of you are here. Some of you have joined us since uh, a year ago. And so I want to teach this message again called Difficult Times, and I trust that God is going to use it to prepare our hearts, to build our faith, to receive a miracle from the Lord today. I want to begin reading out of Mark chapter 10. Excuse me, Mark chapter 10, verse number 46. The word of God says this, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I want to teach you once again about difficult times. There's no doubt about it that this man was going through a difficult time. The Bible says that, first of all, he was blind, didn't have his eyesight. And on top of being blind, he was poor. He was a a beggar. Can you imagine being a blind, poor beggar? How many of you would agree that's a definition of somebody going through a difficult time? I mean, that's a difficult season that this fellow is going through. And just like this man there are many of you that are going through a difficult time today. Many people across our nation going through a difficult time. We look at the economy over the past year or two, and people have lost their jobs. Perhaps you have, and you're going through a difficult season. People have lost their homes, and perhaps that may be you. You've lost your, your home. People going through a difficult season in life. Life has been, been tough for people financially. That's actually why we're doing the series, to help people, to give practical tools to help people get peace in these troubling times. Perhaps it's relationship problems, and it's in your marriage, and things are not looking really well. Things are going sour. They're going south, and you need God to show up because, man, things are not good relationally. Maybe it's with a kid. And your kids, a kid who has went wayward, things are not good with your, with your kids, and, and, and it's just a difficult season. Maybe it's with a friend or a fiancé. Maybe it's with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Things relationally just aren't good. Maybe for some you just lost a loved one, and you're, and you're grieving, and, and you're hurting, and you're confused, and, and, and you, you, you need God to show up because you're going through a difficult time in your life. Perhaps it's a sickness, and it's, it's, it's lupus or or cancer, or or heart problems, and you, you are going through a difficult season in your life. And what I love about this portion of Scripture is this blind beggar teaches us some valuable lessons about experiencing the miraculous power of Jesus Christ during difficult times. What I want to do today is give you five lessons from a blind beggar. If you need a miracle, you're in the right place today. We're going to learn and get our faith and courage, and receive a miracle from the Lord today. How many of you here today say, Pastor, I need a miracle from God today. Come on, I need God to show a big time in my life today. I want to give you five lessons from a blind beggar. Number one is this. Number one is this. You need a miracle? Don't wait for perfect conditions. <clears throat> Don't wait 
for perfect conditions. Notice this, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho back in the opening scripture as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. Everybody shout large crowd. Notice there was a large crowd were living, leaving the city. Let me paint the picture. There's this blind beggar sitting on the roadside, and he's screaming out to Jesus. And the Bible says there was a large crowd. You say, Herbert, how big was the crowd? I, I, I don't know. But I do know that the Bible lets us know that oftentimes Jesus would minister to people, to 5,000 people, not counting women and children. It could have been 7, 8, 10, 15,000 people literally on that road walking and following Jesus that day. And, and can I tell you, a large crowd as they're walking on the roadside, can I tell you that this is not the perfect condition to get a hold of Jesus? I mean, one blind, poor beggar, think about this. What are the odds with all the noise, with all the ruckus of this large crowd, what are the odds that Jesus would ever hear this blind beggar calling out to him? I mean, the odds are not very good. These were, this was not a perfect condition to call out to Jesus. And on top of that, this guy was a poor, blind beggar. I mean, listen, fella, this is not the time to be calling out to Jesus. This is the time to be asking for some money. I mean, this is how you make a living. This is how you pay your bills. You got a crowd here, Bubba. This is the time to start a new ministry. I can't see, so help a brother out. I mean, what are you doing screaming for Jesus? Get you some money. And yet this blind man teaches us a very valuable lesson. There are no perfect conditions to call out to Jesus. This blind man teaches us that right now is the time to call out to Jesus. There was a large crowd. There was noise. He couldn't make a living from begging. And yet he called out to Jesus when conditions weren't perfect. And listen to me, some of you today, you're trying to wait for a perfect condition before you call out to Jesus. Maybe you're waiting for your right song or the right preacher. Maybe you're waiting for the healing evangelist to come to town. You're waiting for you so you can have some goosebumps and doodads before you call out to Jesus. You're waiting for the right mood, the right environment. Maybe some of you, you're waiting to get yourself together before you feel worthy to call out to Jesus. Let me shed some light on something today. You're never going to get yourself all the way together. <laughs> None of us are perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. Let me tell you something about calling out to Jesus. If you need a miracle in your body, you need a miracle in your finances, you need a miracle in your home, you need a miracle in your relationships. Listen, right now is the time to call out to Jesus. Right now is the time for you to get a hold of Jesus. We're having this miracle experience because right now, today, not tomorrow, not next week, right now is the time for you to call out to Jesus. Number two is this. There's a, a second lesson that we learn from this blind beggar. Number two is this. Concentrate on what you have. Concentrate on what you have. Some people never experience the mir miraculous power of Jesus during difficult times because they're so focused on what they don't have, they forget about what they do have. They're so focused on their weaknesses that they ignore their strengths. And friends, can I tell you that this blind beggar, he could have spent all of his time being focused on what he didn't have, that he lost sight and lost focus on what he did have. But that blind beggar didn't do that that day. Notice what the Bible says there in Mark chapter 10, the very next verse, verse 47. It says, when he heard, everybody shout, he heard. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son 
of David. You see, friends, it's true. It was impossible for him to see Jesus walking on the road. But can I tell you something? He could hear that Jesus was coming. It was impossible for this blind man to see Jesus, but can I tell you, he, he, he could use what he had, but he could still speak. And so he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It was impossible with the large crowd walking. It was impossible for this blind man to get to Jesus. So this blind man needed Jesus to get to him. And so he couldn't focus on what it didn't have. I can't see. I can't, I can't get to Jesus by myself. So I got to use what I have. And the blind man, he heard that Jesus was coming. He could still shout. So he began to speak, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he used what he had to get a miracle from God. Friends, hear me today. Some of you are so focused on what you don't have that you've lost sight of what you do have. And I'm telling you, to get a miracle from God, you need to get focused on what you do have and yield what you do have to the Lord. Say, Herbert, you don't know what I'm going through. Herbert, I'm like this blind man. I can't see physically. I can't see. But listen, you can still speak, so use what you have. He said, Herbert, my body's not working very well. That's okay, your mind is. Use what you have to get a hold of Jesus. You say, Herbert, my mind's not working very well. Well, let me pray for you, amen. That's a whole other message right there, praise the Lord. Use what you have. You say, Herbert, I'm broke, but you can still work. Come on, use what you have. Herbert, I'm driving a hoopty. It barely runs. Some of you don't know what a hoopty is, do you? Amen. A jalopy. Huh? A, a broke down car that don't run right. You know, my favorite kind of hoopty. You ever seen one of these, one of them hoopties? Car worth $250, $250 and it has $4,000 worth of rims on them. You ever seen that, huh? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why do you got rims on that? And you're driving a hoopty, but don't get focused on the fact that you got a hoopty. Concentrate on what you do have. You're still driving. Amen? You say, Pastor, I got to eat pig feet every night. Well, where I come from, pig feet is a delicacy. Amen? Pig feet, hog malls, chitlins, collard greens, yams, black-eyed peas, cornbread, coleslaw. Oh, I'm going to preach. Amen? You can, you can. Uh, it's getting holiday season. Amen? Thanksgiving's on its way. <laughs> you may have to eat noodles every night. Listen, don't get so focused on what you don't have. Get focused on what you do have. At least you're able to put something in your belly. You see, hear me today. Hear me today. Oftentimes, we get so focused on what we don't have that we miss out on, miss out on what we do have. And listen, when God provides a miracle, he doesn't need what we don't have. He just needs us to yield what we do have. I can hear, I can shout, Jesus, I'm going to yield what I, I only have two fish and five loaves of bread. That's okay. Yield, I can do a miracle with what you got. Yield what you have to me and let me perform a miracle in your life. There's a third lesson that we learn from this blind beggar. Number three is this. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Mark chapter 10, look with me the very next verse, verse 48. Many, notice that, many, a crowd, many rebuked him. 
and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd told him to be quiet. But this man was going through a difficult time, and he needed a miracle from God. And the only way that this blind beggar could get a miracle from God is he had to overcome the crowd. Many of you are just like this blind beggar. You need a miracle from God. And for you to receive a miracle from God, you have to learn to overcome the crowd. You have to learn to turn a deaf ear to the naysayers. Think about this. Think about this. If blind Bartimaeus would have listened to the crowd that day, chances are very high that he would have went to the grave still blind. He would have never received a miracle if he would have let the crowd influence him. You have to learn to overcome the crowd. Let me give you three types of people you must overcome. You need to receive a miracle today. You say, I need God to show up big time in my life today, Herbert. Let me give you three types of people you must overcome. Number one is this, overcome faith suckers. Listen, when you believe in God for a miracle, there are people who will suck the faith right out of you. And let me tell you, friends, faith is very important. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Friends, can I tell you, faith is one of the most vital components to receiving a miracle. And there are some people that are like leeches. They're like ticks. They just try to suck the faith right out of you. How many of you have ever had a tick on you, and it was on you, and you didn't even realize it for a while? You know what I'm talking about? Those ticks, they're so sly, they can get on you, start sucking the blood right out of you, and you don't even know it until an hour, two, three hours later. That's like some people. Some people mean well. You don't even know it, but they're sucking the faith right out of you. I mean, you really think God's going to show up in your marriage? You've been having marriage problems for years. (laughs) God's going to help your marriage. You think God's going to save your kids and do a work in your kids? Your kids have been hellions for years. Them baby's kids. I mean, you think God... You think God's going to, you've been sick for years. I mean, I know you're having a miracle service at your church, but you really think God's going to do a miracle. I mean, come on, you've been, you've been having that disease. Do you really think God can suck the faith right out of you? And instead of believing God, people suck it out of you. You can come to a miracle service and you don't even really believe God can do it because people have been saying to you like this blind man, hush up, be quiet. And the faith is sucked right out of you. And I'm here today to build your faith and tell you that God can do the impossible. God can show up today. Today's the day to call out on the Lord. Number two, there's a second type of person that you must overcome, and that's overcome faith intimidators. Faith intimidators. There are certain people that can intimidate you when you're believing God for a miracle. You see, the Bible says this about this blind man. He was sitting on the roadside, <coughs> excuse me, and, and he was calling out to Jesus. Get the picture. He's calling out to Jesus. The crowd shows up. Matter of fact, the Bible says it like this. Many, many people showed up and they told him to be quiet. Hush up. 
Listen, Jesus is, wait, listen, you little poor blind beggar, Jesus is too busy for you. He has an itinerary to keep. He has an agenda. I mean, he doesn't have time to talk to you. Would you hush it? Would you be quiet? Would you stop all that screaming? You're aggravating us. And listen, this blind man, he's all by himself, sitting on the road. He can't see anybody. Can you imagine how intimidating that would be when you're all by yourself and everybody around you, you can't see them, and they're telling you to hush up? Stop it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how intimidating it would be? You see, this blind man, he made a living from begging from people. And this blind man, he is upsetting the very people who pay his bills. He is agitating and aggravating the very people who put clothes on his back. He is frustrating the very people who put food in his belly. I mean, this is the time to be intimidated, to back off, to hush up, to to hold your peace so that you can make sure that you can make a living. But not this blind man. He was not going to be intimidated. And he was all by himself, but he kept screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm here to tell somebody, here's, listen, you're, you're the only person that believes God can still turn around your marriage. You're here and you're the only person that believes God can really save your kids. You're the only person. Everybody else says there's no way God can heal your body. There's no way. There's no way. And you're the only person that believes that God can still come through. And people are intimidating you. People say it can't be done. And I'm here to tell you, listen, God still does the impossible. Don't let public opinion, don't let the crowd sway away your faith. You keep believing God. God does the impossible. All things are possible to them that believe. That's the word of God. There's a third group of people that you need to overcome. Number three is this. You need to overcome faith mockers. Faith mockers. Listen, when you are believing God for a miracle, people can make you feel embarrassed. You realize that? You see, picture this blind man. Here he is on the road again. Let me paint the picture. He's, he's screaming, and the Bible clearly implies as he's screaming, nothing happens. There's no miracle. There's no healing. There's no deliverance. The power of Jesus does not show up in his life. He's screaming. He gets the crowd's attention. I mean, he's screaming his lungs out. The crowd finally make it over, and they begin to rebuke him. There is no miracle. There is no healing yet. Jesus hadn't showed him. Nothing has happened. Here he is screaming out in faith, and nothing has happened. Can I tell you, sometimes when you're stepping out in faith, you, you can look silly. You can look goofy when you're screaming out to Jesus, and nothing still has happened yet. And everybody around you is laughing at you, making fun of you. Reminds me of Noah. Noah was building a boat, building an ark by faith. I mean, can you imagine this? Noah's out there building a boat the size of this auditorium or bigger, you know, getting two of every animal on. I mean, Noah is building an ark. He's building a big boat, and people are coming out. Noah, what are you doing, man? Man, I'm building an ark. Why are you building this big old ark? Why are you building this? God's going to flood the earth. <laughs> Noah lost his mouth, child. Let's pray around for Noah around the dinner table. Noah's Noah's losing his mind. It's like Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah said they're going to have a baby. Here they are. Abraham's pushing 100 years old. Him and Sarah never had a baby before. I mean, what's wrong with Abraham? They think they're going to have a baby. They never had a baby. Her womb has been barren all of her life. I mean, here they are pushing their old people. They think they're going to have a baby. Listen, I don't know if they had a reefer back in Abraham and Sarah's day, but Abraham and Sarah is on something, child. They own something. They are smoking something. They think they're going to have a baby, and he's an old man. She's an old. Something's wrong. Faith can make you look. 
Faith can make you look absolutely silly. And I'm here to tell you, people may be mocking you. They may may be laughing at your faith. But hear me, sir. You hear me, ma'am. You keep praying. You keep believing God. You keep standing on the word of God. You keep fasting. You keep giving. You keep serving. You stay in community groups. You stay at Wednesday night connections. You keep pursuing Jesus Christ with all of your heart. You say, Herbert, why? I look silly. I look goofy. People are making fun of me. They keep saying, you're still going to that people's church. You're still believing God. You really believe God's going to help you. Herbert, they're making, why should I keep pursuing God with all my heart? That leads me to point number four. Point number four is this. Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. He hears the cries of desperate people. Notice the next verse, Mark 10, verse number 49. The Bible says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Get this, get this, get this. This is so awesome. This is so awesome. As this blind man is sitting on the roadside calling out to Jesus, there's a large crowd, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, don't know how many, but it was a large crowd. And no doubt their crowd was like ours. As they were walking along the road, they were making noise. They, they were talking. They were having a good time. How long have you been walking with Jesus? Oh, man, I've been here three days. The guy is awesome. He opens blind eyes. He's unstopped deaf ears. He's raised the dead. He fed 5,000 people with two loaves of bread. And five. I mean, this guy is incredible. And in Jesus' day, he was a celebrity. That's why the crowds were flocking around him and following him on the road. These guys were like a celebrity. And can you imagine the people as kids are dancing and having fun? There's somebody in the crowd going, hey, Jesus, slow down. I want to get your autograph. Hey, Jesus, can I shake your head? Slow down. I mean, this is Jesus in a large crowd. All the noise, all the ruckus, all the commotion, all the kids singing. And there's one lowly, hungry, poor, blind beggar who's screaming as best as he can in the middle of a large crowd, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And this blows me away. In the middle of a large crowd with all the ruckus, with all the noise, with all the talking, Jesus, here's the cries of one blind man. And Jesus is so moved by this desperate man, the Bible says, he stopped. He stopped. For one poor, blind beggar. Listen to me, listen to me. Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. You're wondering, Herbert, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how bad I got it. I've been calling out to God in the midnight hour. Jesus hears the cries. Desperate, Herbert, I've been crying my eyes out in the middle of the night. Jesus sees every tear. He hears the cries of desperate people. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped and said, call him. The Bible says this, so the crowd, so they called to the blind man, cheer up. It's amazing that the very people that were against him, now they're for him. It's amazing when Jesus shows up, the very people that were rebuking him are now encouraging him. And they've changed their tune and now they're telling him, instead of rebuking him, they're saying, cheer up. If I'd have been that blind man, I would have said, I I wouldn't have to cheer up if y'all leave me alone and quit rebuking me and sucking the faith out of me. I wouldn't have to. Aren't you glad I wasn't the blind man? Amen. Aren't you glad I wasn't the blind man? Cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Throwing his cloak 
aside. The Bible brings emphasis to this cloak. I taught you about this last year, and I don't know what all this cloak stands for. There have been some that said this cloak was issued out by the government to people who were blind, withered, halt, lame, and they would issue it out to them because people could identify them as a true beggar. And they would know this guy's not a con artist. This is how he makes his living. And so we, we see that this has been issued out to him, and we know we can give our money to him and know that it's going for a good cause. I don't know what all this cloak stands for. As I was studying, and there were some that said that this cloak was very valuable to him. I mean, obviously he was poor. He didn't have much. And he would use this cloak perhaps when it was raining outside. He had to be out begging all day to cover his head to keep the rain from beating down on him. Maybe when it was cold outside and he had to be outside all day begging to make a living, he would use this cloak to keep himself warm on a windy and chilly day. I don't know what all this cloak stands for, but the writer obviously wants us to know that this was significant to this man because the Bible brings attention to it. and said that he grabbed this cloak and he wasn't going to let anything stop him from getting to Jesus. And he threw aside something that was valuable to him so that he could receive from Jesus. If that was a beggar's cloak issued out by the government, I wonder how long it stayed on the ground. Not very long. And yet this blind man was willing to throw it aside to receive from Jesus. I ask you today, what is the thing in your life that you need to throw aside so that you can receive from Jesus? What's the thing that's keeping you from responding to Christ and receiving his power and miracle working power in your life? You know, oftentimes what's big for me, what's big for you is this thing called pride. And oftentimes one of the things that keeps us from responding to Jesus is, is pride. Maybe we don't want anybody to know. Maybe we, we don't want anybody to have a clue of our struggle. Maybe we want to save face, put up, a, put up a front. And the Bible says that the Bible says God opposes, opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Come on, I need me some grace, amen. I need me some favor. I need God to show up. And maybe it's this thing called pride. We're getting ready in a few moments to invite our prayer team, some of our staff down to pray for you. And, and maybe you say, Herbert, and you know, I'm not coming. And, and it's a pride deal. You know, I want to look right. I want to, I want to save face. I don't want anybody to know that, hey, I, I need prayer. I, I, we all need prayer. I mean, I need prayer. I need God to show up, and we don't want anybody. Pride. pride. And you've got to take it, and you've got to throw it aside and say, you know what? The most important thing to me is Jesus. I need to experience Jesus. Maybe for some of you it's bitterness. It's resentment because life can be hard sometimes. And life has dealt you a horrible deck of cards. And you've got a card, deck of cards, and you hate what's been dealt to you, and you're mad and you're upset, and maybe you're bitter, you're, you're bitter at a friend, you're bitter at a spouse, you're bitter at a boss, you're, you're bitter at a company, you're, you're bitter at friends, you're, you're, bitter, you're, you're harboring resentment in your heart, and, and it's keeping you from being connected with Christ, and you need to take that bitterness and say, I'm throwing it aside, the most important thing to me is to encounter Jesus Christ. What is the thing, what is the cloak in your life that you need to take it, and you need to throw it aside, that you can experience the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. And the Bible goes on to say in verse number 51, after he threw his cloak aside, it says, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. You know what I like about this? Is the blind man was real with Jesus. You know, some of us, we, you know, we try to be calm, cool, and collective. Jesus says, what do you want from me? Well, Lord, you know. 
as I was in prayer and was stirred by the Spirit. No, no, he was just real. He said, I want to see. You see, you fool around and play games with Jesus. He'll fool around and give you a tic-tac when you need to, when you need to have your eyesight. Uh, you'll fool around and play with Jesus. He'll give you 50 cents, and you need, uh, you need to get your hearing back. I mean, we, this blind man, he was real. He was just authentic. He said, listen, listen, listen. I want to see. I, I want my eyesight back. I just want to be real with you, Jesus. I need you to help me, my, help me to see. I need to experience your power today. And we need to be real with the Holy God today. I close with point number five. The fifth lesson we learn from this blind beggar is follow Jesus when times turn good. When times turn good. Notice Mark 10 and verse 52. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Can I tell you, this blind beggar received a miracle that day. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This blind man understood that receiving his sight was not the most important miracle he could receive. He realized that was not the most important thing in life. This blind man teaches us a very valuable lesson. The most important thing is not a physical miracle, financial miracle, or relationship miracle. The most important miracle is to have our lives surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this blind man, when he couldn't see, when things were bad, when things were horrible, he called out to Jesus. He says, I need Jesus in my life. But what I love about this blind man, when things turned good, when he received a miracle, when he could see, the Bible says that he followed Jesus along the road. You see, when times turned good, he didn't get out of church. When times turned good, he didn't. He didn't quit reading his Bible. When times turned good, he didn't stop praying and pursuing Christ. When times turned good, he followed Jesus when it was bad. He called out to Jesus. When times turned good, he followed Jesus along the road. And you may be here for a miracle, a healing, deliverance. You need God to show a big time, and he will. But sir, ma'am, the most important miracle you'll ever receive is knowing Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior and experiencing his saving power. And following Jesus when times are bad. And yes, I'll follow Jesus when times are good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word.